1: That's greenlight.com slash ACAST. This episode is sponsored by R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice, a welcome addition to anyone's sleep routine. Pace Case, if you know me, and you do, Mm -hmm. you know that I'm Mm -hmm. working all hours of the day, all hours of the night. Mm -hmm. So the sleep that I do get has to be very good sleep. And I'm always looking for ways to up my sleep routine. Sometimes I'll read a book to go to sleep. Sometimes I mm-hmm. want a bachelor. Uh, that book keeps me very awake. It's very engaging. That never puts me to sleep. Mm. I will sometimes just put down my cell phone after a long day of looking at a screen. It's nice to get some time away from the screen. I also will incorporate some R.W. Knutson Organic Just Tart Cherry Juice. It truly makes you go to sleep a little easier. It's the thing you need to help you drift off into the dreamland
0: as more and more people are looking to prioritize sleep organic just tart cherry is having a moment thanks to tart cherry's potential sleep-related benefits and potential to aid in muscle recovery when you get those gains like clues we're seeing this in the viral sleepy girl mocktail trend on social media
1: so you can crush everything you do. Pick up a bottle at your local grocery store today. It's the Game of Roses. Welcome to to the the Game game of of Roses. roses. This This is is the Game game of Roses. roses. Welcome to to the Game game of roses. Roses. For the first time in history, our bachelor was rejected on the final day and he ends up alone. or does he
0: welcome to game of roses this is pace case
1: this is bachelor clues and today we're going to bring you our game breakdown of the second half of season 26's insane finale And we're doing this just like we did last week, where we're bringing you our coverage of it a couple of days later. So we've had the advantage of being able to see the reaction and Mm -hmm. see everything that's happening online. And so we know about some of these players' gains, which were the biggest that we've seen all season, obviously, on Instagram We are looking at our top three, Susie Evans, Rachel Recchia, and Gabby Wendy, who we now know Rachel and Gabby are going to be the next Bachelorettes, experienced insane Instagram gains. Gabby Wendy was at the top of this chart. She gained 242,000 followers in the span of the last 48 hours or whatever, and she's sitting at 360K. That's an insane gain. It's a huge gain, and she now has 360K, and then Rachel Reckie had gained 161k over the past couple of days. She's at 266k. And Susie Evans had a gain of 171k, and she's at 336. So huge single week gains. Still, none of these players cracked or even came close to the the halfway mark to a 500 five hundred thousand. I'm pretty confident that Gabby and Rachel will.
0: If Susie Evans had played like on Colton's season, yeah, she'd be Hannah Brown.
1: Yeah, she'd have easily over two million. I agree. Things have changed. I am curious to see how the decision to have these two Bachelorettes simultaneously on one season is going to affect the gains of Gabby Wendy, and Rachel Recchia. But so far, they at least had Mm -hmm. a big springboard here. And I think we're going to potentially see them creeping up toward a million as it gets closer to their season airing. Their season, by the way, is shooting right now.
0: And so that makes the top five total Instagram for the season. We have... Gabby in first place with 360K. Susie Evans in second with 336. Rachel Recchia at 266K in third. Fourth place, Genevieve Parisi, who got out in seventh at 108K. And then fifth place, Teddy Wright at 74.3K. Fifth place, not even in the 100K club. You hate to see it.
1: Neither was fourth place. Fourth place wasn't even in fifth place. Oh <laughs> you know right. What I mean, I mean like,
0: fourth place in the top 5. <laughs> fourth place in the top 5 of Instagram, not in the top 5 of the game.
1: <laughs> yeah, and the fourth place player in the game is not in the in the top 5 of Instagram.
0: Fourth place player in the game has 46.7k. <laughs> that is Serene Russell. I mean, look, I'm not worried about Serene because I think she's going to be pretty high sand placement at this point, since they're taking all the other top heartbreak edits out. She's, you know, queen of the castle for paradise.
1: I totally agree. She's going to be definitely in the first round of sand, if not first female sand. I could see that being the case.
0: Would you rather be Serene Russell and Teddy Wright right now, or would you rather be Gabby Wendy and Rachel Recchia?
1: Wendy and Recchia. You kidding me? They're going to be destroyed. I mean, we'll get to that. But like, they're going to be destroyed.
0: Yeah. They're going to have to go through a lot.
1: The producers (laughs) are going to fucking literally, I think, try to kill them on screen. Uh But I don't the the torture they have in store for Gabby, Wendy and Rachel Recchia is going to be unprecedented.
0: It's going to be on another level because it'll be against each other. Two best friends pitted against each other in a competition for love.
1: Yeah. And one of them said (laughs) expressly she did not want to compete for love. But all of that aside, I also wanted to real quick before we get into our breakdown, talk about the ratings of these two episodes. So Monday and Tuesday were the part one and part two of the finale and the after the final rose. And they were the highest rated episodes all season by a pretty large margin. On Monday, it was a one point one one in the demo. And on Tuesday, it was a one point oh nine. Wow. Yeah,
0: that's not in the toilet.
1: No, it's not in the toilet. That's actually very good. And no other episodes this entire season came close to this. The, the next highest rated episode was a 0. 0.86. And the overall total viewers were 4.5 million and 4.7 million, respectively. And the next closest all season long was a 3.6 million. So they put on almost a million viewers for these two episodes. Dang. Yeah.
0: I mean, I guess it's like if you're not watching The Bachelor, you might enjoy just watching the finale. I guess. It just does it mean anything to you if you're just watching that one episode? I don't really understand.
1: Yes, because we now exist in an era, as you may well know, where there are a million podcasts talking oh, about it. Part of them. There are a bunch of social media accounts talking about it and you can read blogs you can read recaps so you can know what's going on in the season without having to actually sit down and watch it and you if you're following everybody mm. on bachelor anyway you're following like us bachelor nation scoop all these kinds of accounts you're going to see what's happening and then you can be like, oh, shit, yeah. now is the thing where he's going to tell two of them that he had sex with them and three of them that he loved them. I'll tune in to watch that shit.
0: Yeah. You're like, well, I need to see that. Exactly.
1: <laughs> I don't need to see another fucking forced violence football game, but I do need to see.
0: No, I know we have a lot of listeners who don't watch the show, which is astonishing to me. I welcome them. I love them.
1: I do too. And I'm always just like, how is that possible?
0: But I think we do a pretty thorough recap. So it's almost as if you've watched it.
1: It's the most thorough recap. And so now, should we begin the most thorough recap of (laughs) the finale part two?
0: Well, no, because we have two things first. First, got to wrap up gains with TikTok. We cannot ignore TikTok. We don't actually have the TikTok numbers from last week, but we have the two-week numbers. So... The top gain was Susie Evans by a lot. She got 46.4 K bringing her to 80.1 K total. That means she has finally, she's leapt to the lead. And then in second place is Rachel Recchia at 40.1 K. She gained 17.4 K in the last two weeks. Huge gain for Rachel Reckia. This is surprising to me. Gabby, got the third game this week 8 8045 bringing her to 16.5k total. I would expect Gabby's TikTok to be doing better. I guess she hasn't really been making that much content on it. I expect to see huge things from them in the preseason leading up to shooting, but she's still behind Daria Rose, night one player who has mm. who's at 40.7k. So those are the top the top TikTokers at the moment.
1: And we should mention that there's another TikToker on the scene. His name is The Ultimate Viking. Clayton Eckert himself posted a 16.9K gain this week. And he's up to 19.6 on TikTok, largely because of a TikTok he just posted, which is his most successful TikTok mm-hmm. video of all time. It's got 1.7 million views as of the recording of this uh podcast. And it's his video with he and Susie. Cute. Eating a bunch of pizza and shaking their asses together.
0: Notable moments in that TikTok. There's one where Susie's on the toilet. There's multiple pizza shots where I feel like we're just being teased, mm-hmm. and there's an image in which Clayton is being choked. I enjoyed some of these. Uh, some of these brief stills have been captured for eternity. <laughs> <laughs> and they're haunting. <laughs>
1: Are you haunted?
0: I'm sure you'll see them on Clues' meme page soon. Am I haunted? Always.
1: Same. And we should also say that Clayton Eckerd has rounded out his season with 273,000 Instagram followers. The lowest lead posting <sighs> in maybe since the dawn of Instagram.
0: History. I mean, it's
1: I've never seen a number that low for a lead.
0: It's almost worse than Alex Michelle, who doesn't have an Instagram.
1: He's literally already beat by everybody in the top three except Rachel Recchia. He's beat by Susie Evans. He's already beat by Gabby Wendy. Rachel Recchia is very close at 266 right behind him, and she'll overtake him within a... I mean, probably since we've even started talking, it's happened, you know? Probably next week.
0: Yeah, not good gains for Clado. I mean, this is the thing. He got the strongest villain at it, I would say, since Juan Pablo for a Bachelor lead.
1: Oh, We'll get into it. That what they did to him at the after the final rows, Jesus fucking Christ. I have never seen a dude just get kicked in the balls three times in a row and just keep coming back. <laughs> Every time and be like, okay, how many more times are you going to do this? Ah, Just one more. Kick. Oh, come on back. Wait a minute. I got to do it again. Yep. It's just again and again and again and again. Yep. Now it's Rachel's
0: (laughs) turn. All right. Get in there. (laughs) Brutal. Yep. He he slept with you. Accuse him of telling you he loved you just to sleep with you. Yeah. Get that in there.
1: (laughs) We'll get to all of that, but we have one more piece of business. Which is to talk about our book signing that is coming up very soon here in Los Angeles, California. We're going to be doing it on Saturday, April 2nd at 12 p.m. 3. 3 p.m. <laughs> if you show up at 12 at Skylight Books in Los Angeles, California, we're not going to be there. But other people will, and you can meander around. and
0: You know, pregame at 12 in the parking lot. (laughs) I don't think this is a parking lot, to be honest. Good luck out there.
1: (laughs) (laughs) 3 p.m. April 2nd, Skylight Books, Los Angeles, California. We hope to see you there. Bring whatever you want us to sign. Books, posters, t-shirts, cans of sauce, and we'll be happy to do so. We hope to see you all out there.
0: Yeah, I will sign only those things. I'll sign a face. What? Yes.
1: You'll sign what? A face? A human face?
0: I was just... I'm trying to limit the amount of things I would agree to sign. And it was like a book, poster, sauce. And face. And I guess if someone wanted me to sign their face, I would do it.
1: Okay, bring your faces to Skylight Books on April 2nd, 3 o'clock. <laughs> Pace Case will have her pen ready. Her face-friendly pen. But now, let's break this down. Let's do what we came here to do. And now, Pace Case and Bachelor Clues proudly present... Analysis of play in this week of our beloved game. This is Game of Roses. So this is it. They broke our finale into two parts, Monday and Tuesday. This was the Tuesday night, and it begins with the intro. Tonight, it's the shocking conclusion of The Bachelor, says DLP. And you can already start to hear in his voice, even from this opening narration. The darkness is taking hold. It is blossoming within him
0: savoring the suffering.
1: And by the end of this night, he will be full dark lord. We get more Love Level 4s from the Fantasy Suite round. Susie walked away from love. We see the post-facto ultimatum. His world came crashing down. They're already hitting very hard the misery that they're going to sell to us tonight. The rose Ceremony from Hell. Ultimate Viking admits Love Level fouring the intimacies. His dad is saying that he screwed the pooch. He's nervous and scared. Could be left with nothing. Can the Ultimate Viking still find love that he's been dreaming about? Or will he end up alone? Tears, the most dramatic finale in Bachelor history. False, but that is what we hear. <laughs> DLP then goes to see Susie and commits her to return to this insane scenario that they have orchestrated specifically to make her have a nervous breakdown. And it all starts right now. Portion one officially begins. DLP is back in the studio. Everybody's cheering. No pro-Ukraine signs this time. There is nothing political in the audience. That is notable. And it is night two of the finale, he says. And he says, we can honestly say it's the most controversial finale in Bachelor history. Uh, Is it? Do you believe that? It's maybe up there, but like top five, maybe.
0: So I was not surprised by Almost anything that happened during the finale. And look, I got my hopes up so, so high. You know me. I I rewatched that Nick Vile TikTok over and over again. I was drinking the sauce. I was believing that like something really crazy was going to happen. He was going to end up with a 10th place person or something. I don't know, but it didn't. And I also think there's like this, there's a short history that, People have when they think about the show. I mean, Dark Lord is milking this this monologue for all its dark juices. He says, anyone who's anyone knows knows RT. He loved Level Ford three women. The only allotted amount is two. He fell in love with not one, not two, but three women. Yeah. And he really milks that moment.
1: The smug condescension when he does that.
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> On this show Where we try to get one person To fall in love with multiple people And we do every season Can you believe he did it
1: Yeah That's right On three win <laughs> Okay See what I'm saying guys uh, Yeah It's crazy It's like Dude you fucking made him do this You're
0: doing amazing face play oh. right now We gotta do video Oh uh, yeah Oh uh, yeah Oh uh, yeah but okay, this led me down my first rabbit hole of the season, this this paragraph by him. I saw Katie Thurston pointed out on Twitter that Ben Higgins, before Ben Higgins, no one loved Level Ford. Wrong. This is kind of mm. true. We have some data. First of all, it's absolutely not true because Andy Baldwin, season 10's Bachelor, Love Level 4, both of his finalists in his finale, Tessa Horst, his ring winner, and Bevan Powers, his runner-up. And we have seen Bachelor's Love Level 4 in most final rose ceremonies. The main sacred word slash upper level love levels really started on season five, Jesse Palmer season. He... Started Love Level 3 two players during his fantasy suites. That means he's saying, I'm falling in love with you. To both his ring winner, Jessica Bolin, and his runner-up, Tara Huckabee. We saw season seven, Charlie O'Connell, My Favorite Bachelor, Love Level 4, his ring winner during a finale after dating the final two for a few months, which to me, maybe that one was the most dramatic finale in history. Like, that broke the mold more than any other season.
1: Exactly. He said, fuck the game. I'm going to keep dating both of them. Go fuck yourself. And the show had to be like, "Uh, okay. Like they had no choice. I would even say uh season 23. Colton, that was a more shocking thing. He jumped the fucking fence and ran away from the show. Yeah. And then had to be like, the show's over. I want this player. And we all know how that ended. Uh, And they even had Cassie back on in the first part of this.
0: Yeah, Clayton jumped over nothing.
1: That was crazy to me how... Uh, season 24's end was was potentially crazier than this to me.
0: Yes. Both Mesny and Lion Dyke. Like
1: oh God, yes.
0: Those were much more surprising and like emotionally crushing for all parties involved. Yeah. But yeah, season 10, Lorenzo Love Level 4, his ring winner at the final rose ceremony. Matt season 12, Matt Grant. He love level three, both his top two during fantasy suites. Season 13, Jason Mesnick technically love level forward both his finalists and his finale, although <laughs> Melissa Rycroft was during the finale and Molly Maloney right. was during the after the final rose when he famously pulled a Mesney. Yeah. Season 14, this is why it took me multiple days to watch this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Season 14, Jake Pavelka only love level forward his ring winner, Vienna Girardi, after she had visually love level forward him. And verbally, verbally in the fantasy suites and in mud painted on his body during the finale. Season 15, Brad Wilmack, only Love Level 3 and Ford Emily Maynard. Season 16, Ben Flagenk, Love Level 3, Courtney Robertson at hometowns. Loaded Love Level 4 for his third place finisher. Loaded Love Level 4 for his runner-up during fantasy suites. Then, both Love Level 4, both finalists during the final row ceremony. His runner-up right before he dumped her. So, again... All of these are before pre-Higgins. Season 17, Sean Lowe lo- loaded love level three for his third place, Ashley Frazier, during fantasy suites. Loaded love level four for his runner-up during the meeting of the family in the finale. Season 18, <laughs> this is a you know kind of a rare exception. Actually, everyone hated Juan Pablo for not love level fouring his winner. He love level one her at like, the <laughs> final <laughs> ceremony. Hilarious. He, he didn't do any love levels <laughs>
1: except that. Jesus Christ.
0: No, and he didn't even, not even at the, I think they tried to get him to do it after the final rose, too.
1: Now, honestly, that's fucking 4TRR as hell, in my opinion, where you're like, no, fuck this. That's a very important thing to me. I'm not going to say it to anyone. Go fuck yourselves.
0: I mean, Juan Pablo really stuck to his guns, only wanted to do uh, his his way <laughs> or the highway. And then season nineteen, Chris Sauls Love Level Three, both his runner-up Caitlin Bristow, the goat, and third place Becca Tilly, and loaded Love Level Three first ring winner Whitney Bischoff during fantasy suites. And then we of course have been Love Level Fouring JoJo and Lauren Bushnell during fantasy suites. So there is a rich history of love levels in our beloved game pre pre Higgy.
1: Yeah, I I have never really understood why Higgins is the one. I guess because it it victimized Jojo to such a degree that she became the crown. And it was this big moment that's like, she thought she won because of it. But I I have never understood why that season is held up as the one where it was like the first time a bachelor did this. Cause it's not, not even close as, as you've just illustrated. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It happened before season 20.
0: Yeah. I mean the love level four, I guess is the, if you're really going to focus on the love level four, even in that case, it did happen in season 10. So, you know, there's just, I guess, (laughs) if you're really a student of the game, it's very hard to be shocked by the things that happen because it's like, well, they've all happened before. But I guess this exact combination.
1: Yeah. So they're really differentiating them between the love levels for sure. And that's... Obviously, now we're really in the professional era where even the show itself is using that as a promotional tool. Like, this is the first time we've seen this many Love Level 4s ever. But Love Level 3s, 2s, and 1s, we have plenty of.
0: We saw a huge, huge amount of discussion of it in this episode. Absolutely. But, yeah, really enjoyed this opening monologue by Dark Lord Palmer just savoring that suffering. (sighs) Unless you've been living under
1: a rock. And then he throws to the audience. And he tells us Clayton's going to be here tonight with Rachel and Gabby. And then he says, Neil Lane is in the audience. We get the demon smiling, his gleaming teeth in the darkness of the studio, reminding us that he also enjoys suffering. And as he said, he knows Sean Lowe. (laughs) And Gabby and Rachel's family (laughs) are there. We see them. So they've been brought here to witness the suffering. And then DLP tells us some Bachelor Nation favorites have traveled from all over the country to be here tonight tonight. We cut to the audience. We see Sinead. We see Genevieve sitting next to Aaron Clancy. They're trying to drumroll that for Paradise this season. Demi's there. DeAndre Canu, Marissa Gunn, James Bonsall. And uh, someone else is sitting there in the audience. Someone that many people may not know. But Trish Schneider is sitting there. And although she's a player, Trish Schneider was my. Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. Trish Snyder, for those who don't know, is one of the best villains of all time in the history of our beloved game. She was on a season called Season 5. The Bachelor for Season 5 was, of course, Jesse Palmer, the (laughs) new Dark Lord. And she played impeccably during that season. She did the first resurrection when she came back during Fantasy Suites round and tried to walk in and interrupt a date between Jesse Palmer (laughs) and Maddie J. Jeffries, who was a pageant queen from Texas. And she even slips Jesse Palmer her hotel room key, hoping that he'll ditch that (laughs) Fantasy Suite and come to hers, which he never does. But she was very well known that season for a wide variety of things, including a piece of wardrobe that she had, which I think she missed an opportunity uh-huh. here. She could have been wearing this in the audience, so let us know who she is. But she didn't. She, she was very mm-hmm. uh, nicely dressed in like a smart outfit that was like tasteful and everything. But she could have been wearing a T-shirt that she wore in season five that reads Gold Digger, just like a hooker, but smarter. She wasn't wearing it. An
0: amazing shirt to wear on The Bachelor. Like, yeah. <laughs> an icon. And she also gave us, I mean, huge parts of Bachelor history. She was the first person to get, she got the first, first impression rose. Like, yeah, iconic. Of all time. Trish Schneider being in the audience at Jesse Bobber's first after the final rose was by, wow moment of the week. I couldn't believe what I was seeing. I was like, I feel like this is just for us. Like no one is even going to recognize who she is. Yeah. I wonder if they had something planned, like a little bit between them, like maybe like a villain thing because we had her and Shanae and Demi all
1: in the same area. I don't know. I think that that's probably what they had planned and maybe it was even shot and we just didn't get to see it. I don't know. Something had to have been planned. There's no reason to have her there unless something was planned for her, in my opinion. It's just such a strange thing.
0: So strange. We got to get her on to talk about it.
1: Oh, yes, we do. Yes, we do. Okay.
0: By the way, we are going to have a few few interviews coming up that are going to be juicy. Yeah,
1: stay tuned. We, we do have some very good stuff on deck. But... The show begins right now, DLP says, and we're back in the document in Iceland drone shots over volcanoes. We see a church, the Hilton, Ultimate Viking is pondering any ITMs that he's LL Ford, Gabby, and Rachel, but he can't stop thinking about Susie, and he's willing to risk everything to talk to her again. There's a knock at a door. DLP shows up at Susie's front door. This is a repeat of Dark Lord Harrison returning to Auburn to try and convince Madison Pruitt to come back to the show. So it's already less dramatic because Susie's been trapped in Iceland. She didn't go back to the United States and then have to have a dark Mm -hmm. lord come track her down. This dark lord just shows up at the same hotel room where he's staying as well. It's a walk down the hall for him.
0: She's been in Icelandic prison.
1: (laughs) Basically, yes. I think because they knew that they were going to try to do this. So DLP has some news that will change everything for her. And he's like, Ultimate Viking's been a wreck since she left him and he regrets it. And if you're up for it, you should go see him today. And we see now fans are in the the boxes with their heads watching all of this back from the studio. And we come back to the paid partnership with Airbnb to the place where ultimate Vikings parents were. And he's forced there to tell his parents why Susie is so special. And he says, she's a once in a lifetime kind of girl worth fighting for mom and dad doesn't think she's going to show up. And then she walks in. So they've now forced her to come do this final meeting of the parents. Because as we know, in our beloved game, if something threatens the structure of a season, The producers will do their best to make sure all Mm -hmm. of the ceremonial points are hit. You have to meet the family. You have to have a semi-fantasy suite or whatever. They've already had it here. But then you have to have the final rose ceremony. You have to have, you know, all these ceremonial things must still happen. So Susie walks in to do this meeting of the family.
0: Yeah, they had Colton Underwood recreate all of them with Cassie once he had won her back. I get the sense from this episode and, I mean, this whole season that The Ultimate Viking didn't push back on anything producers asked him to do. And I would include in this accepting an increasingly clownish turtleneck situation. The wardrobe they've got him in is becoming, I feel like it's like getting larger slowly, like the neck cowls on these turtlenecks and he's just becoming more cartoonish.
1: The producers, beyond question, absolutely hated Clayton Eckerd, I think from the moment they cast him, I think they were like, we are going to fucking destroy this guy. Make him the next Bachelor. And that's exactly what they did or attempted to do at the very least.
0: By the way, Susie produced tears during that that Dark Lord. Um, I don't even know what we call this. A Dark Lord's knock-knock, a Dark Lord's resurrection. <laughs> he resurrects
1: her. It's like a, a Faustian bargain or something. It's like why don't you come back to the show? I promise it'll be fun <laughs> <sighs> It's like when when uh, the fucking clown from it is trying to like beckon kids into the sewer.
0: come on down, Timmy, I've got a balloon for you. <laughs> Do you think Susie even knew that she was walking into a parent situation? I think she didn't know. I think she like walked in that room and she's like, huh? Uh, Can I talk to you first, Clayton?
1: (laughs) I think that may have been the case. I mean, we now know from certain podcasts and stuff, which, by the way, we're going to have a doozy of a fucking digging deeper on Monday. You definitely do not want to miss that because all the shit that is being said on podcasts right now, the amount of tea that's being spilled about all of this final stuff by the Ultimate Viking, by Susie Evans, by all people involved except for the people that are now still company players, which are Rekia and Gabby Wendy.
0: The Saucians.
1: The Saucians, yes, for a little while. I think when they come off contract, though, they're going to do similar tea spilling. At any rate, definitely check out our our Digging Deeper on Monday. It's going to be fucking crazy, but I agree. She comes in. It seems like she didn't know what the fuck was going on. We get a few awkward hugs with the family, and then she's basically gone. She's like, can we talk outside for a minute? And she yanks him outside, and that's it. The meeting of the family was nothing for her. And then they go outside the Airbnb, and she tells him that it's been a rough few days. And she's doing the best she can. She's shocked to be there. She thinks he is a good human, but she was shocked by how he treated her and the turn that he took in that final conversation they had. And she says he made her question her inner voice and her intuition. She was humiliated. She felt like a stray dog that had come into his home. And she was so embarrassed. And and she says, if you have love for a person, how can you treat me like this? Produces tears. You made me feel wrong and bad. And that was the heartbreak. She's doing a great job of doing some victim play here. I think at this point, she still thinks she's in contention for the crown.
0: hundred percent. I mean, I feel like even the producers at this point are still like, she's our crown. Like, we want her to have this, like, Hannah B. telling off Luke Parker moment. It's like they wanted that, but Susie telling off Clayton. And I guess she just, like, doesn't play ball at the end because it just... Everything about the edit made it seem like Susie was going to be the bachelorette.
1: I think the producers had this pattern down. Susie will be our bachelorette. We're going to be able to convince Clayton to choose Rachel Recchia in the end for a ring. Mm. I think that's the way they were going. And then when Clayton was like, no, Susie's the one, they were like, fuck. What what are we going to do now? That's what it felt like to me the whole time. At any rate. I agree. Ultimate Viking apologizes here and tells her she's an incredible woman. She has everything that he's looking for. He LL-4s her, and he basically says he doesn't want to lose her. Is there any way he can get a second chance? And she says she's not in a place to make that decision, but she's heard him and appreciates him letting her know, and it meant a lot. And UV wants her to think about it and not rush anything. And... That's it. Susie produces tears. UV produces Ultimate Viking. Sorry, produces tears. UV produces tears. <laughs> UVT. Tea, and she then walks away, gets in the car, and we see the audience in the box. And Ultimate Viking's ITMing being on the most emotional journey he's ever been on, but he has to follow his heart, he says, which is with Susie. He'll do anything to make it work, but he owes Gabby and Rachel a moment to tell them everything and to break up with them. This is brutal, of course. And and so now portion two begins. Iceland more drone shots. We're getting this weird score. It's like binaural sleep kind of music in the background. It's making everything very like subdued and like emotionally kind of repressed. Clayton is journaling and he ITM's accepting full responsibility for everything that he's doing and hopes he's said enough to get a second chance with Susie. But his hope is slipping. But it doesn't matter. His heart is with her. Can't be with Gabby or Rachel. He fought for them, and he feels guilty now. But his feelings have changed, and he has to let them both know however they're going to react. So we then cut to Gabby and Rachel. The producers still have them in the same room together, now talking about all of this shit. The lengths to which the producers go to really torture them is This to me was kind of shocking that they are still there, still forced to be in the panic attack room. And they're basically going over plays with each other. Uh, Did you meet his family? Yeah.
0: Absolutely. Rekia is a student of this game. Did you meet his family? Gabby, yes. Did you go on a last date? No. She's like, I know there should be this portion. There should be this portion. (laughs) Amazing.
1: Exactly. But the producers didn't allow it.
0: And Rachel says he's choosing to not have these last two dates. So they know the breakup is coming.
1: And But let's talk about this breakup for just a second because Ultimate Viking walks into this room with both of them, entire tone fucked. So uh, he didn't want to do this. The producers said they're both in the room, go break up with them. I think any rational human being would be like, I should do this one at a time. And they were like, "Uh, we don't have time for that. We got them in the panic attack room. Just go in there and fucking do it. They definitely made him do this, I feel like. In this manner, I mean.
0: They made him do this. They made him do the rose ceremony speech. Like, that one, maybe they, like, goaded him into it. But this, I bet they were like, we're you losing the got light. We gotta we
1: never, gotta do it all at once. We don't have a, uh,
0: the crew that's for that's much longer. You gotta do both at the same true. time. I just... You can even see he's like, I wrote here, Clayton hobbles up the stairs to the hotel room. He just, just doesn't even want to go in there.
1: He's <laughs> sighing the whole way. Oh, oh, his head's hanging down. It's just like, oh, it's like you're you're making somebody go to the principal's office and they know that they're just going to get fucking wrecked. <laughs> and that's what's happening, you know?
0: Oh, and by the way, we're watching Grandpa, Gabby's Grandpa in the corner. The, the emotional reactions... I mean, we've seen these. We, I, I think we talked about this. We haven't seen this throughout the whole episode. We've seen it for After the Final Rose, but not reacting to like what's actually in the like yeah. game document. And here, everything that's in the game, in every reaction to the game document, is like women shaking their heads disapprovingly at Clayton. That's like the whole thing. And then like Gabby's family upset at Clayton. So... They've been giving him this full edit via the emotional reactions, the supposed emotional reactions of the people in the audience, which we know that they record out of time with the events that are happening in the audience. And Clayton says, I followed my heart and caused so much pain. I absolutely saw a future with you both and told you I loved you. It's not feasibly possible to be in love with three women like I said I was. Everybody deserves to have someone give them 100% of their heart. I can't do that for either of you. My heart's no longer here. It's with Susie. And I noticed a sound here. They play horror music.
1: Of course. But you also see right in this moment, if you look very closely, which I did, and you go back and you rewatch it 150 Uh times, which I did... You see in both of their eyes, as soon as he says this, the calculations begin. How do I become Bachelorette? Immediately, they are both now starting to play that game. And what we see is simply put poetry in motion. motion. Remember that song? No. Eh, Maybe before your time, but you see that both of these players are going to take very different routes to the crown. And eventually they both get there. Yes. But it's beautiful.
0: Oh, yes. We see immediate tear play from Rachel Recchia, which I was like, gorgeous. Because she didn't do that in the first finale. Gabby did that.
1: And then Gabby does the exact opposite. She doesn't break down at all. She says, thanks for telling us, but that's it for me. And she (laughs) walks out of the fucking room, just a stone cold, like, Fuck this. I know there's a crown in the hallway. I'm going to get it.
0: That's it for me. Peace. Ugh, what a moment. She's like, I should have stuck it out when I originally tried to reject your rose in the last rose ceremony. And Clayton follows her. Can we talk? She says, I actually don't know who you are at all. I'm pissed because I spent the last two days away from my family and friends who actually give a, bit a shit about me and you don't. And he says, That's not true. And she says, It is true, Clay. And I can't believe anything you say, not one thing. You asked me to stay because you were pissed and your pride was hurt because Susie left. He says, I didn't want you to leave. She says, Now you do. One time it's going to be my decision, which you didn't want it to be. Now it's your decision. So it's easier. You don't have the insight or maybe experience to know. And I was like, She's raising some points here that make me think like, she's already been having some talks about the kind of phrases that she can say in this with the producers.
1: Oh, yeah. Producers wanted Susie to be the Bachelorette, but Gabby was their contingency. And I think Rekia kind of came out of nowhere in the end, and they were like, fuck it, let's just do two. But definitely they've been in Gabby's ear saying, like, here's how you need to position this so that you can move forward with momentum into wearing the crown. And she's doing everything correctly here.
0: I mean perfectly he says i do love you i do care so you love level four is here and she says that is bullshit and he says there's a difference between falling in love and being in love and gabby says you told all of us you were falling and you told all of us you loved us he's like there's a difference between love level three and four and she's like yep and you did both of them to all of us
1: at the end of this he goes can i walk you out and she says no with a look of disgust Her refusing the walkout was my play, 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 of the game. This whole thing really was my play the game. The refusal of the walkout was just kind of the final note of it, but saying when he love level fours her and she's like, that's bullshit. And then he's like, can I at least walk you out? No. That moment, in my mind, was like, I am now Uh the Bachelorette, period. No one can come for this. And the only way that somebody else gets to be Bachelorette is what we see in the end of this whole episode is somebody else has to be Uh co-Bachelorette with her. But this, to me, iced it. It was a flawless performance. She, in this moment, snatched the crown away from Susie, who really played an impeccable game all season long.
0: Uh She's an AI designed to be the Bachelorette. How could she not?
1: (laughs) Yeah, and... Exactly. But I also think this proves that when you're at this level of professional play, not everything is written in stone. Not everything Mm -hmm. is airtight. And once you're in these final playoff rounds in the finals, you can be good enough to make shit like this happen, to become the crown when it wasn't planned necessarily for you.
0: There are plays that snatch crowns, and this is one of them. By the way, we cut back to the studio. We see the audience clapping. We see Grandpa. He's schmoozing with the other members of the audience. And we then we see Gabby get into a car. And this car, we see the license plate of it, Ice 6. And there is also a masked driver driving this car to drive the next crown away from the bachelor who's getting a full villain edit. And this masked driver was my...
1: Jorge, 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 Jorge
0: Moreno, bystander of the Wee, 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 You know, I didn't think we would have a member of ICE in, in The Bachelor, but I guess we do. The sixth person who works for ICE.
1: <laughs> you never know when they're going to pop up. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I'm just kidding. It probably had to do with Iceland. But, you know, taking. The The driver who's actually walking Gabby out, you know, that's a big moment. He's doing what Clayton couldn't.
1: Yeah. That was the first ride as Bachelorette, in my opinion. And then portion three begins. DLP welcomes us back with the most shocking finale in Bachelor history. And we see our first hot seat here. It's Gabby. They give her some upbeat walkout music. She goes to hug her grandpa, John, in the audience. A beautiful moment. She's so happy. You already know at this moment she's Bachelorette. Grandpa is tearing and he asked her how she's been doing. And, uh, you know, she's like watching the show back has been up and down. The last couple of weeks have been really heavy, but she has more clarity and closure, clarity and closure, hallmarks of a crown talk here. It's all behind her now. It's helped her know all sides of the story, watching it back. But seeing more of the other side of Clayton and the other stories, it all makes it a little more sense. And it's disheartening, she says. And DLP says, discuss the double dump. And she says that at the (laughs) Rose Ceremony from Hell, that was real raw emotion. The only thing she was feeling was sadness and heartbreak. And the meeting of the family was hard as hell that week. She thought she would win the ring, but was also preparing for a loss. Crown run, in my opinion. This is coded language. Mm -hmm. And so when it happened, she felt betrayed and hurt. The double dump she's talking about, which was appropriate and natural human emotion. She's... Essentially saying, that's it's okay to feel this way. It's a natural human emotion. She's heading off any fourth audience possible attacks who would say that that's 4TWR, that you were so mad and you treated him poorly. This is like a 4TRR preemptive defense, which worked perfectly, I thought. DLP asked if she was really in love with the Ultimate Viking, and she says, yes, I was. Very 4TRR. Ultimate Viking was always a safe space mm-hmm. for her, truly saw her, and with the info she had, that was the person that she loved the person that was given to her in the moment. She didn't know everything, but things were kept from her for a long time. She doesn't say kept from her by the producers here. She just says kept from her.
0: (laughs) She also says that she doesn't regret anything because it helped her learn so much. is great praising the process. And Dark Lord Palmer says, when we get back, Gabby will talk to Clayton and I don't think I'd want to be in his shoes right now. And Gabby does this little moment where she mimes punching him. As if, like, she's going to really take it to him, which I thought was just exquisite.
1: And it's just the fucking tone of this whole show is like, uh, yeah, Clayton really fucked up. Wouldn't want to be Clayton right now. Clayton's a horrible piece of fucking shit. Remember when we made Clayton read derogatory tweets about him as his first appearance on The Bachelor? And we're going to still keep kicking him right in the fucking nuts for your entertainment. That's the whole show.
0: Remember when we made him The Bachelor and we never even said what his job is?
1: It's unreal.
0: (laughs) Or any other thing about him, except that he likes pizza and that Bachelor Nation hates him.
1: What they did to this man is virtually criminal. But we begin portion four. DLP welcomes us back. Gabby's still there. Then the Ultimate Viking comes out to face her. He is solemn. And Gabby gets the first word. She says, after having watched it back, the first thing that comes to mind is I felt so misled. She wasn't given the information that she needed, that she had to make her decision to leave or not. She truly feels betrayed. He then issues his first really heartfelt apology. says he can't do anything more than apologize for what he put her through. He feels terrible, and he wishes he could have found a better way to approach it, but he had no malicious intent. And this idea will ring through every time he's forced to apologize. It's, I fucked up. I feel terrible. I was only doing my best. I wish I could have done better. I didn't mean to hurt you. Those are the components of each one of the apologies he's going to have to issue again and 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 again throughout the course of this. And so she says, I don't think you're malicious, but I gave you chances in the moment, to be honest, like at the rose ceremony from hell and your transparency had conditions. And she brings up the edit. She says, it cut to. Did you catch this? She's like, we were at the rose ceremony from hell and then it cut to. And then she's like, I mean... Uh, you were telling Susie that you loved her the most already.
0: Previous week, you told her you loved her the most.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So she's like referencing the edit here, which she knows is a no-no because the producers have trained her at this point, don't ever talk about the edit or us or the structure of the show or the fact that it is a show. (laughs) Don't say those things. So she quickly corrects and she's like, watching it back, uh, you were clearly pitting us against each other and it seemed like a competition and it's like, uh, that's the whole show is a competition. Clayton didn't create The Bachelor. I, I don't know if she knows that. So,
0: <laughs> this is a through line to Gabby's whole, you know, crown pitch for herself is that not wanting to compete for love, it's part of her heartbreak edit, doesn't want it to be a competition. And look, everything that Gabby is saying about not wanting to compete for love doesn't make any sense but i am a hundred percent behind her new confusing tagline
1: (laughs) support for today's episode comes from one skin if you have sensitive skin you're going to want to hear about one skin's scientifically proven topical supplements this is face eye body shield and it can all be used with any of their other products which are free from over 1500 chemicals and preservatives that can make skin red, irritated, or itchy. Their products are safe for sensitive skin. It's just one of the reasons they've earned the Skin Safe seal of approval.
0: You gotta keep that skin glowing if you wanna be keeping up the level of face play that I've got going on. And OneSkin was founded by an all woman team of scientists. Their products are backed by extensive lab and clinical data to validate their efficacy and safety on all skin types. Uh, their topical supplements are the easiest way to keep your skin healthy and hydrated without the harsh ingredients or irritation found in other skincare products often. OneSkin is the world's first skin longevity company. By focusing on the cellular aspects of aging, OneSkin keeps your skin looking and acting younger for longer. Get started today with 15% off using code ROSES at oneskin.co. That's 15% off, oneskin.co with code ROSES. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support Gore and tell them that we sent you.
1: This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. This year is flying by. We're almost halfway through it. Now I've done a lot of things that I'm proud of this year. A lot of them related to Gore. We've had some great interviews. We're kicking it up a level to get on YouTube. We're really taking it to the next place. But there's still a lot that I would like to accomplish this year. And when life is moving fast, it's important to take a moment to celebrate your wins and to make adjustments for the rest of the year. Therapy can help you take stock of your progress and then set achievable goals for the next six months so that you get all those things done that you want to get done. Lizzie talks about all the time how beneficial therapy has been for her. My friend Will on my other podcast talks about it all the time. And I agree. It is very good. It's a great tool to be able to talk things out in your life with somebody else who can set you on the right path to getting all those goals accomplished. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. You just fill out a brief questionnaire and you get matched with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists literally at any time for no additional charge. Take a moment. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Game of Roses today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot slash Game of Roses.
0: Clues, mm-hmm. I've been on a mission. I'm trying to find Ooh. the perfect t-shirt. Yeah. Um, because it's spring. I'm ready to get out there. I'm ready to peacock.
1: we sent you after you place your order, select podcasts in the survey and select our show in the drop down menu that follows. Again, that's skims. And by the end of this, it's like, she's saying, I don't want to compete for love. And it's like, uh, I hate to break this to you. You're literally going to be competing Mm -hmm. against Rachel recchia for the same player pool. Literally a head to head competition for whoever is the most desirable man or a couple of men from that player pool. That's happening now. They're shooting it now. She's in that competition literally right now.
0: And we have a history of this. Season six, we had two bachelors who had to compete in the first episode for Love. Everyone ended up voting for Byron Velvick over Jay Overby to be the bachelor. We saw this with Caitlin Bristow's season. She had to compete against...
1: Britt Nilsson.
0: Britt Nilsson for... Who was going to be the Bachelor at that season, and we're now we're going to see it. That's like a season-long competition, and it just there's something that irks me when they do this. They're like, someone like Clayton deserves his own full season, but like the women, we're just going to keep pairing them together, like two women equals one man. That's how I felt when they when they cast Caitlin mm-hmm. and Taisha as the hosts. That's how I felt when they announced. Katie and Michelle is the bachelorette at the same time. It's just...
1: And the darkness in it truly is how they present it. They present it as a victory. Like, Mm. oh my God, it's amazing. You Mm -hmm. both get to be the bachelorette. And it's like, well, that means we each get half as much screen time. And we have to be fighting each other. And our friendship is going to be torn apart. And that's what they want. That's what the producers want.
0: Half as many followers. You're not actually in the power position. You're still going to have to be navigating that. I mean, I'm so excited for it. I do think that this was a type of decision that the show needed to make right now. They need like a big, splashy change shakeup. So I, I support them in this decision.
1: Absolutely agree. Look, I'm nothing if not fucking complicit in all of this shit, as we always <laughs> talk about. This show is made to crush people, to destroy their lives, to push them to nervous breakdowns. That's the goal of it. And we watch it with pleasure. That is the nature of being complicit. So we're very happy for Gabby and Rachel. I think they're both going to be great bachelorettes. They are going to be ripped apart for our entertainment. That's the show we watch. That is our beloved game.
0: The other element Gabby is sort of setting up here for her bachelorette run is when you say you love someone, you're assuming responsibility to protect them and care for them and to not hurt them. And you didn't do any of those things. You had really deep feelings for us, but I don't think, you know, words, the weight those words carry. I take words as vows, So she's doing this sort of preemptive sacred word defense. We're probably not going to see as many love levels from Gabby as we saw from Clayton, I would guess. Yeah, I mean, we pretty much finish this out dark lord palmer says we really hope you do find love here in the near future i thought this was a little misstep on his part he's like early announcing gabby is the bachelorette here what do you mean here they <laughs> early announce her when
1: they play the fucking music that she walks out to that's basically like like it's super happy and upbeat and it's like she they're obviously positioning her to be the bachelorette but dlp tells us things are about to get even wilder Trust me. Plus, who's going to get the next Bachelorette? And we're going to learn that later in the show. Portion five begins. DLP back in the studio. It's about to get even more emotional. Grab some tissues. Here we go. And we see Ultimate Viking returns to Rachel now, who's sitting there, tears in her eyes. She's had some time to work up her Bachelorette speech as he was off talking to Gabby, although I believe these were shot out of order or presented out of order. And he apologizes Ah. again. So not only are we going to hear these apologies in the live studio audience, we also hear them in the document. So he's just repeating the same apology twice in the document to each one of these women and to Susie, so three times really, and to his parents to some degree, four times. Then we see him do it to the live studio audience, Gabby, then Rachel, then Susie when she comes. I mean, it's just like fucking... prolific apology tour.
0: This is the kind of way I want him to approach his pizza content.
1: (laughs) I would have just sat down and been like... So now what do you have to say for yourself? Uh, I'll refer you to the second portion of this document. I just want to repeat that.
0: Uh, (laughs) Portion six, minute 22. Yeah, just cut back to that. Rachel tells him, though, she, you know, maybe she's prepared the speech. Maybe she hasn't. She's obviously worked on it somewhat. She says, you asked for the definition of love. In Houston, after you gave me a rose, I remember thinking I was love level three. When we went to my parents, my mom said, you're in love. So she's bringing up her glow. I knew at that point we had the best date I've ever been on. And you were yelling, I love you from the top of the roof. And I remember thinking, I hope people can experience the love I'm feeling. It doesn't come to everyone in their life. And I felt it. But what you put us through at rose ceremony, then me choosing to stand there with you, I was the only one. You told me you were willing to fight for this and moving forward, it would make us stronger. And I believed you. I continued to fight for you with your parents when I was heartbroken and telling them how much I loved you. When you put me in the car today, I'm not going to just stop loving you. I promise you when you look back on this, it's going to haunt you. The fact that you let me go. Rachel's tearful for TRR exit speech here was my play, 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 play of the game. For me, Gabby had her moment last week. I'm not going to say she didn't play that part perfectly above, but to me, it was always in the bag for Gabby and Rachel recchia here does what she has done best all season she, has, she leans hard into this ring winner, all eggs strategy to retrieve that heartbreak victimization edit. And I mean, even reading this speech back right now, I have chills on my arms. Everything she does here is textbook. And I feel like Rachel Reckia was the stretch to get crown. I think Gabby had it in the bag. And so for me, this moment for Recia meant you can't just give it to Gabby. She's been crushed as well.
1: I Look, I'm not disagreeing, but I would also say, if I may, Rachel reckia had something in the bag from early on in the season. Her chemistry, play, like she was very early a front runner and like she's going to go all the way. Gabby had to do some some Mm -hmm. shit in the course of the main game or the regular season to be like, Oh wait, she's not just the funny one. She's got some staying power. Mm -hmm. She's charismatic. She has that star power. And I think like for me, Gabby's turn of like, no motherfucker, you don't get to do this. I'm the bachelorette. That kind of like empowered tone Mm -hmm. in everything she did for me was just a stronger play. Not that this wasn't effective. I agree. I just enjoyed the other one more, I guess.
0: Yeah. I mean, I, I guess I just always saw... I always saw Gabby as, like, next Bachelorette potential, and I never saw Rachel Reckia that way. I just saw her as ring winner. So for me this moment, I was like, oh, shit. And obviously they could have just not aired it if they just wanted it to be Gabby. They could have cut it down. But I just thought she did an incredible job here with this tear play and this begging for him at the car. I cannot believe you're going to put me in the car right now. She's sobbing. He's like, I'm so sorry. And they definitely like took very different strategies here. We have righteous anger by Gabby and just totally victimized. I'm your soulmate, Rachel Recchia. And both of them, I mean, professional era through and through.
1: Absolutely. She even notices while she's in the car, giving her exit speech. Part of it is saying that ultimate Viking didn't cry. Yeah, She's, critiquing his fucking game. He didn't even initiate tier play. I mean, come on. He couldn't have been for TRR. She knows the earmark. She Mm -hmm. knows all of it. Just fucking inside and out.
0: She goes out on this line. I'm so heartbroken, but at least I have an answer and don't have to cry myself to sleep every night wondering what's going to happen. If there's not an epitome of a person who's just been fucking tortured, that is this line. So good. So
1: good. I agree. And she is still tearsing when we come back to the studio where she is on hot seat number two. Face is already covered in tears. And she says it was really hard to watch back, of course. It always is. And the hardest part in watching back was knowing how in love with him she was, and she didn't know what was going on behind the scenes. She felt like she was watching someone get completely blindsided and she feels like the hardest part of all of it is knowing how hard she fought for the relationship and seeing complete disrespect to both her and Gabby to do the double dump, which again I don't think was his choice, but whatever they've they've been served this attack point on a silver platter and they're going to use it rightfully so and so she kept going because she thought it was her and then he broke her heart twice at the rose ceremony from hell and then again at the double dump and she tears she says i'm getting emotional right now and it has nothing to do with lingering feelings or anything she says <laughs> <laughs>
0: Very important to note. <laughs> well, then what,
1: what does it have to do with? I don't understand. Why are you crying that if it isn't about?
0: What do you mean? She explains. She says, watching my soul feels like an out-of-body experience. I was robbed of the opportunity to stand up for myself because I was begging him to not put me in the car. So she's basically saying, like, I need this heartbreak reunion hot seat in order to get this moment to stand up for myself because she's she's regretting. I have felt this, like... You want to change like how you were in that moment, you know?
1: Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And DLP asks, were you still willing to fight for him when he was putting you in the car? And She says she's never felt that way, the way she felt for him. And uh, when you're truly in love, you have to fight for that person. She fought all the way to the end. So she's basically saying, I laid it all in the field. I trusted the process here, and it didn't work out. And she doesn't know what else she could have done. DLP is then forced to ask, are you still in love with him? This is a very bachelorette thing that must be asked and she's obligated to say she does not have feelings for him anymore watching him disrespect gabby and her since the beginning of iceland she can't watch it back and feel like he truly was 4 tr ll4 they are just uh tearing him apart here all of this designed by the producer so they're allowing gabby to come out and say he's a piece of shit and then you have to come apologize to her now rachel Reckia, he's a fucking piece of shit Now he's going to have to come apologize to her, which he does in portion six. DLP welcomes us back to the studio. He benevolently checks in with Rachel Reckia one last time. She says, yes, I'm ready to see the ultimate Viking. Even though he doesn't deserve to talk to her, she says. So she's now getting herself (laughs) self righteous turn on a little bit. And then ultimate Viking comes out and to get, as I put it in my notes, UV emerges to get his dick kicked in again. (laughs) And... (laughs) (laughs) She just lays into him. None of the emotions I'm feeling are for you or about you. It has nothing to do with any lingering feelings because I became collateral damage in your journey for love. And that was the most completely selfish journey. Watching it back, there was no empathy at all for me or Gabby, but you not doing any tear play. She can't imagine how he could have done it. And it's so disrespectful. She says to not engage in tear play and he apologizes the exact same apology And then she says, I don't accept your apology. Even more self-righteous than Gabby. She says she doesn't believe him. The fact that this is the first time on camera she's hearing any sort of apology. She makes that differentiation on camera.
0: Yeah. What does that mean? Like he apologized to her off camera?
1: I think so. Probably through DMs or something, you know. But on camera is what matters. She gets that right. And then she takes him <laughs> to uh, task for the same things that Gabby did, basically. You never were in love with me, blah, 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 blah. The producers, you know, she she hits the double dump, which was set up by the producers. DLP mentions that we're all lucky enough to have the Rekia family with us and throws to Tony, the dad. <laughs> It was like the the mean (laughs) Italian dad. And he's like, I'm not going to say anything because I don't have anything good to say. The mom says the same thing. These are no sweet numbs, but they are both there and they are both angry. And DLP forces the Ultimate Viking to apologize to her family. He gives the same apology now to the family that he had to fucking give. And DLP tells Ultimate Viking that had told him he would be haunted by his decision forever. And then we see a little bit of the turning to the darkness. Are you haunted? (laughs) He (laughs) asked. And UV says he feels terrible, but he was doing what he thought was best. And it's just another version of this apology. Reckie gets the final word. She says, You told me I was the first person you said LO4 to in six years. I don't doubt you. But did you tell me you were in love because you wanted to sleep with me? And this attempt to elevate victimization to a chemistry victim was my... Error, 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 error of the game. She's already got this shit in the bag. She already knows she's the Bachelorette. I don't know if she knew that Gabby was going to be Bachelorette with her or not, but they've already told her you're going to be Bachelorette. We're announcing it tonight. There's no need to do this, and it falls flat in my opinion. I don't think anyone believes that he was doing that just to sleep with her. I think any, I would say any person who has like... Any kind of critical view of the show understands that the producers drugged this fucker through the mud, destroyed his whole life, had his head spinning, and he did feel all these things. And I I think we all believe him that he's not maliciously doing this shit or trying to manipulate Rachel Recchi to sleep with her. To trick them into sleeping with him. Exactly. And it came across to me as a little like a step too far in the self-righteous kind of stance that, that both bachelorettes are taking here.
0: Rachel Recchia saying, did you tell me you were in love with me because you wanted to sleep with me? A possible homage to Nick (laughs) Fial. The not-so-great one saying, why did you make love to me if you weren't in love with me was also my... Error, 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 error of the game. I agree. It was, you know... Uh, a hat on a hat. You, you're you've already signed the paperwork. You know you're the next bachelorette in some to some degree, and I just don't. I don't think we needed it.
1: I agree. It it tainted the moment. I thought she was like riding high and doing it all correctly, and then this just kind of came out of nowhere. And if you ever call Nick Vial the not so great one again, we're gonna have to go into an hour long <laughs> debate about why that's not correct. <laughs>
0: He tricked me. He said this bachelor finale was the greatest, whatever. You won't believe it just because he's in it.
1: And you thought he was telling you the truth. So still he has some skill.
0: I mean, it's not some skill. I am famously extremely gullible. I have one friend who he lies to me all the time, like constantly about like even small things like what he ate. And I still believe him. What the fuck? Why? I don't know. I, why, which which direction? Why is he lying or why do I believe him?
1: Yeah. Why is he lying about what he ate?
0: I don't know. He's just very creative and just, <laughs> he likes to have fun with life and words. I don't I, know. No, I wasn't lying. <laughs> i we just get him on here and ask him.
1: <laughs> yeah, we'll do it next time. Portion seven begins. DLP walks us back to the studio. <laughs> Things have been pretty intense so far. Am I right? Nothing compares to what happens next. Clayton is about to throw the biggest Hail Mary bachelor nation has ever seen we have open gameplay sports speech from a dark lord on the official document
0: Hail Mary Dark Lord proper I didn't know you had it in you I mean he's a sports commentator it makes sense
1: and he played football and the Hail Mary is a football play that's where that was originated oh So, we then get a brief shot of the demon, Neil Lane, grinning from ear to ear, and then we cut back to the main document, and we see a lone goose preening its feathers in the water, strutting its stuff. This goose was my (laughs) creature of the week. This goose that I
0: wrote down was a swan. I'm not sure which type of bird is it, but it was white and it was strutting its. This swan bathes itself in the ice cleansing waters of Iceland, pruning itself, preparing for one <laughs> last Hail Mary, representing Clayton preparing himself for this big moment, strutting, it's stuff was my <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> creature of the week. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> oh I feel lightheaded. <laughs>
1: I think you're right that this goose was actually a swan and I just didn't recognize it. That makes way more sense to me.
0: If there's anything I've learned from doing hundreds of these podcasts with you, it's that neither of us knows how to identify a creature,
1: especially a bird. But I do know how to identify the (laughs) Ultimate Viking, and he is walking the streets as he ITMs, being nervous and scared. We get some more geese or swans, maybe. And the Ultimate Viking is pondering on a bench as he (laughs) ITMs. He will do whatever it takes to win Susie back. He puts on a new shirt. This is the getting ready for the final rose ceremony montage that we usually get if we get a final rose ceremony. So they're giving us all the visual cues as well, even though the whole season is not going to plan. He ponders some more, pulls out a ring box, and ITM's, There's hope here in this ring. And then we get a knock at the door and we are in Susie's room. DLP comes by and gives her a note written by the ultimate Viking. She returns inside, opens it and reads it. And this actually seems like it was written by him. I thought maybe it was producers, but I think it was him. She reads it over as he is driving down a long road. It looked like his handwriting. I agree. And he's driving down a long road, pondering the ring while he's in the back of this car. This is a makeshift final rose ceremony, basically. And he is apologizing to her for hurting her in the the writing that he's done and not being the man that she needed. But he will fight for her love to prove that he can be that man. Ultimate Viking shows up at the final altar where he meets DLP at this strange Viking restaurant. (laughs) We've looked this up. This place is literally called the Viking Restaurant. It has a bunch of Norse uh, symbols scratched all over it. There are these braziers of fire <gasps> out front, very satanic, very pagan. Love it.
0: The ultimate Vikings final rose ceremony is at a Viking restaurant. I love that. Yeah. Clayton says he's either going to leave here alone or with the love of his life, or third option alone and then love of his life right after. Um. There's shields on the walls. There's dragons. There's a fire. I liked this final rose ceremony setup. It was weird and dramatic. And we see Susie do her hair and makeup and shows up and Dark Lord Palmer greets her at the short path of pain from the car to the door, escorting her. Let's get you inside where it's dry. It is blowing the windiest gusts there ever have been
1: blown. And just FYI, we have now learned from podcasts and things, Susie did not know she was going to a final rose ceremony. They said, put on your dress, get in this car. And then they just drove away. And she was like, what the fuck is this? She thought she was just going to talk to him. Didn't realize that that's what this was going to be.
0: They were like, don't worry, it's casual. We're just going to this Viking restaurant.
1: Yeah, we're just going to go eat some traditional Viking food, some raw fish and brains and innards.
0: Very casual, chill (laughs) ambiance. Clayton, thanks her for coming, for... Committing, He's committing to show her how much he loves her. Love level four. I will never stop fighting for you. I know I can take accountability. And he holds up the ring box. He says, I am this serious about it. I want to get down on a knee. I see that we can grow and have a family. If you just give me the chance, allow me to love you for one more day. I can be that man. And she says, getting your letter, reading your words. I can tell how much it meant. They were powerful words. I truly believe them. But the love I have for you in my heart is so real. I know you have it too, but I don't feel the kind of love that I have for you right now is the kind of love you have for me. You have unconditional love with someone you want to spend a lifetime with. I've made the decision to leave Iceland alone. It's devastating, but I don't think I'm your person. Don't think you're mine, but it doesn't take away from everything we've had. I, and I feel genuine love in my heart he says, hard as it is to hear. I appreciate you telling me. Do you think there's a chance it could ever be something or feel like it's over? I see forever with you. But it's not over until you tell me it's over. She says, I feel like it's over. Can I give you a hug? And they hug. He says, can I walk you out? And she doesn't refuse.
1: Right before they're walking out, we cut to the audience. They are all applauding. Cheers all around. They are, once again, reinforcing the idea that this guy's a piece of shit. They wreck him at every turn. Yeah. Dump his ass. Fuck that guy. He just fucking did exactly what the producers told him to do. Fuck him. I don't... Like, this is a part of the fourth audience that is hard for me to reconcile. It's the misunderstanding that any of these people are actually in full control of what they're doing. That the producers have, like, no influence over any of this shit when, in fact, they've forced all of this to happen. They were the one who put Susie's date last so that he would fuck it up, have sex with the first two and tell them that he loved them. And then, you know, she would come. He asked, all of this is going to be in our Digging Deeper because there are clips of them saying this. He asked to have Susie's fantasy suite date first. And the producer said, fuck you, it's last. They purposely wrecked him.
0: (laughs) We then... See, Clayton wished nothing but the best for her, put her in the car, and we cut back to Dark Lord Palmer. He says, that was tough to watch. I know firsthand how devastated Clayton was in that moment. For the first time in history, our Bachelor was rejected on the final day and ends up alone. Dot, dot, dot. Or Mm -hmm. does he? And DLP does... Best face play of this entire episode, maybe this entire season, as he raises one sinister eyebrow.
1: Season. History of the show.
0: History of the show.
1: (laughs) I mean, because look, (laughs) let me just say this, okay? I know that's a controversial statement. We've had some great face players. McKenna Dorn comes to mind, the face god from the North.
0: Olivia Caridi.
1: Of course. Olivia Caridi's gigantic mouth. Corinne Olympios had some fantastic face play. I'm not saying there haven't been great face players. No single piece of face play has meant more than this one in the history of the game. In this exact moment, you think it's the muscles of DLP's face that are putting that eyebrow up. It's not. It's not. It's the dark energy of that set. It is him finally being overtaken by the darkness and becoming a full dark lord. The eyebrow raise he does here signifies his acceptance of his dark powers and the dark powers acceptance of his body as a vessel he is now full Dark Lord it happened right before our fucking eyes and right above one of his
0: I always like I go into this and I'm like "Ah, maybe I'm being a little bit too hyperbole to be like Dark Lord Palmer's face play was the best of the season and then you're like of the entire history of this franchise it was (laughs) in my
1: opinion Now you've heard me talk about Quince on this program before. I love Quince. I am right now, head to toe, dressed in Quince. I got their shirts, I got their pants, I got everything from Quince. Quince is my spot for quiet luxury without paying those luxury prices. Quince offers a range of must-have items like 100% European linen, under $50, luxurious mulberry silk skirts, and of course, Italian leather bags and 14-karat gold jewelry from, get this, $30. All their prices are 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And because Quince creates timeless classic styles that won't go out of fashion, you're going to have them in that closet forever. Unless you wear them out, which I may because I literally wear them every day. (laughs) I know you're wondering, how do they do it? Well, Quince partners directly with top factories to cut out the cost of the middleman, passing the savings right on to you and to me. What's even better, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium eco friendly fabrics and finishes so you can feel good about getting high quality items that are going to last you longer. Upgrade your closet this summer with Quince. Right now, go to quince.com slash roses to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. That's quince, Q-U-I-N-C-E dot com slash roses for free shipping and 365 day returns. quince.com slash roses. who knows maybe a little bit about these things, but not enough. Not enough to really make a great decision. They make the decision for you. To get started, you just answer some specific questions about your wine likes and dislikes on First Leaf's website. And these can be things that are about the people you're buying it for as well, if you're doing it as a gift. It only takes about five minutes to create your own personalized wine profile. Then you get your very own wine concierge who's going to use those responses to curate a customized selection of delicious award winning varieties from roses to sparklings and everything in between. It's all based on your personal preferences, on those questions you answered. These hand selected wines are going to be delivered to your door within a few days with each bottle priced lower than what you'd pay at a wine store. You even get to choose when you get the wine. Plus, Every selection is backed by First Leaf's 100% satisfaction guarantee, and if you have questions about your wines, like what to pair them with, for example, First Leaf's personal wine concierge team is there to offer that expert advice, so it takes all the guesswork out. I love reconnecting with friends and family over bottles of First Leaf wine, and I bet you'll feel that way too, so give First Leaf a try. Head over to tryfirstleaf.com slash roses to sign up and save 50% on your first six hand-curated bottles, plus free shipping. That's T-R-Y. F-I-R-S-T-L-E-A-F dot com slash roses to save fifty percent on your first six bottles plus free shipping. Try firstleaf.com slash roses.
0: ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend.
1: wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and
0: monetize their podcasts everywhere. (laughs) acast.com
1: Then we begin portion eight. We're back in the studio again, DLP and The Ultimate Viking are in hot seat number three. He says only The Ultimate Viking can tell us what has happened and he asks him, what this has all been like for him. And he's like, it's been five years of growth packed into two months and not enough pizza, I'll tell you that. And he's aware that he hurt people and he wishes he could have done everything differently, blah, blah, blah. Same apology. Now he's he's forced to give it generically to everyone. And then DLP asked him what he felt in the moment when she was driving away. Did he feel like he failed? And he's like, yes, I'd hope the outcome would be different. DLP then says, Uh, The truth is, things didn't end there, did they? Ultimate Viking says, no, I left Iceland, went back to my normal life, and then he was reached out to by someone, and that person uh, was the last person he expected to reach out. He was shocked, et cetera, et cetera. We know this is going to be Susie. And DLP asks, after all the, the things you put these women through, did you expect anyone to reach out to you? No, we still don't. They're like really milking this. And DLP says... The woman that you're speaking about, she's here tonight. We see some feet walking outside. Again, we know this is Susie. There's no suspense here, but they're trying to build it. And DOP brings out the mystery woman. It is Susie. Zero drama. They hug, they kiss. This is Pruitt and Popeye all over again. And DOP says, what are you doing here? (laughs) And she's like, leaving Isla was the best decision I could have made for myself because she didn't know what capacity she had wanted Ultimate Viking to be in her life. And we took time. We laid a good foundation. We're happy to be here together. And DLP is like, are you back together? And she says, that's my boyfriend. And DLP says, I was in Iceland. You were adamant that you couldn't move forward with Ultimate Viking. What changed? Well, DLP, probably the main thing that changed was that they weren't victims in a horrible game set afoot by this cult of suffering that is the Bachelor producer tier. (laughs) And once you're out of that situation... And we've seen this happen a million fucking times. Look at what happened with Popeye and Kelly Flanagan. You get out of that situation and you're allowed to actually have conversations with each other that are not manipulated by producers. And holy shit, you can actually have a relationship. And that's what happened here. She can't say that, of course.
0: Look at Katie Thurston and John Hersey.
1: Exactly. That's another example of it.
0: By the way, I think you skipped over one of the most important little details of this moment. Right when Susie comes out, she says, Clayton, good job. Ooh, Did you hear that? I didn't. I think I heard
1: it. Well, maybe she's in the pit. But... Mm-hmm. Then DLP says, could my guy here be putting a ring on it tonight? Like, are we back on schedule to have the thing that we demand in our show? We get another Neil Lane mm-hmm. demon teeth shining in the night. And DLP says, well, we'll find out who's the next Bachelorette. And it's not Gabby or Rachel. Oh. And we... I, these, these dumb fucking
0: they did the same thing with the the host and or with the next bachelorette for michelle and katie yeah they said it's not whatever by the way they cut back to demon neil lane like are we gonna see an engagement or like a marriage here as if like neil lane is what you need there to have a proposal or like he can facilitate a marriage like he like when they flew Ben Higgins past her to try to force that wedding.
1: Yeah, this is like, you know, they do shit like this from time to time and it always is, it just feels very try hard. Like they're, we get it. We understand what you're trying to do here. Just like, let it fucking happen. We don't need Mm -hmm. to be seeing Neil Lane salivating at the thought of being on camera every fucking 45 seconds. Portion nine then begins back in the studio audience. DLP laughs about the shocking turn things have just taken. DLP says he never thought a million years. Ultimate Viking be sitting here with Susie. Ultimate Viking agrees. DLP says the million dollar question, Susie, are you in love with Clayton? And she turns to him and goes, I love you. She does it in this weird, like (laughs) cartoon voice or something that you're just like, oh, no, (laughs) she doesn't. Something is very (laughs) off here. She's putting on a show for us. I
0: love you. I love you. You're my boyfriend. I'm Virginia Sue and you're Virginia Clayton now.
1: And even she realizes it sounds weird. She's like, no, 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 no. I I love you. I do. I do. She makes it serious for us. And (laughs) she's like, I can confidently say, yeah, I love you. She says they both made mistakes, but they have so much love for each other. And DLP asks, how do you think Bachelor Nation in America will react to you being back together? (laughs) You fucking pile of shit. As though, I mean, this is another piece of this show that is like, it's part of being complicit. How is Bachelor Nation going to react? Mm-hmm. However the show has told them to. You cut this thing together <laughs> specifically to to make us hate these people. Of course they're going to fucking hate them. And they basically tell us the the same shit. You know? There Susie's like, "Well, we're expecting a little bit of a backlash." And Clayton's like, "Rightly so because Clayton is hated because of the fucking show." It's it just it infuriates me.
0: We've basically implied that Clayton love level four, both Gabby and Rachel just to sleep with them. How do you think the nation's going to react to that?
1: Yeah, what do you think? You think everything's going to be okay? I bet they're going to like you.
0: He then tries to force, after Clayton like reiterates his level, f- level four for Susie, DLP goes, what's next? Is there a ring in your pocket? Anything you need to do or say or ask Susie? I just love how he's just leaned into this so fully because it is a very different job than a sports commentator because you're getting into these relationship things and you're trying to force plays that are emotional
1: things oh he loves it he loves being sinister when he's doing this he's like so what's next for both of you Neil Lane is here. I mean, it's it couldn't be more fucking horror movie. I don't even know if I ever saw Dark Lord getting this at, at least in Dark Lord's final years. He certainly wasn't getting this level of pleasure out of it. Maybe in a season six, seven, eight, nine, ten, somewhere in there, his sweet spot, maybe even up through the, the mid to high teens seasons, he was really indulging in the, the juiciness of it. But DLP has it like down. I can't wait to see him host next season. And then uh Ultimate Viking says, you know, we're doing a lot of exciting things. I'm moving in with her. He left his job, sold his condo. He wants to give it a shot. That's about as serious as it gets in my opinion. And yet, no presentation of a check for $200,000 here.
0: Well, no. No. They are they're not bachelor royalty because of uh Ultimate Viking's fatal mistakes. And Ultimate Viking does the one last contractually obligated uh, item on his list. One final thing. Susie, will you accept this final rose? She accepts. So we do. I mean, I would classify her as a ring winner because she's getting the final rose. What do you think? It's not at a final rose ceremony.
1: Yes. I that is the final rose. Like that's she was the final rose winner. She's the ring winner. Absolutely. Even though she's self-eliminated.
0: Portion 10 begins. Dark Lord Palmer says with every ending comes a new beginning. And this is the hardest decision we've ever had to make. A decision that I don't believe he has any part in at all.
1: No, he's full Dark Lord.
0: And he hasn't made any of these decisions.
1: He's full. We here is like the pantheon of darkness. We means all the producers, ABC and me. I am the mouthpiece. I am the face of evil. They are the true evil. They're the ones pulling the strings, but we is just all of it. It's a giant beast with many heads and he's one of them.
0: Like, I'm assuming he's not an EP.
1: No, and never will be. Absolutely not.
0: Uh, He says we've had thousands of tweets and DMs and comments. It's not Gabby. It's not Rachel. It's Gabby and Rachel. And Rachel and Gabby come out of the audience for their hot seat. It's going to be two bachelorettes for the entire season. Gabby says, "Do we say, date the same guys?" And Darker Power says, "Well, watching you both support each other was a big reason we picked you." He doesn't get into that.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's just just rolled straight over. And Recky is like, "We already did date the same guys once." And Gabby's like, "I know, PTSD." They're joking about this shit and it's just like completely ignore, ignore, ignore. And DLP is just like, your support was amazing. We don't know how it's going to all work, but we'll figure it out together. (laughs) 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 And he asked Rachel how she's feeling and she's so happy for Gabby. She's doing a very good like, no, it's about her, not me. And Gabby says, I'm a girl's girl through and through. So having a friend by my side is the best thing I could ask for. And then Rachel was asked what she's looking for in a perfect man. And she's like, supportive and loves me. And Gabby is looking for an emotionally intelligent and mature man with a sense of humor. DLP says, very soon, these 30 men are going to be getting out of a limo to meet you. And Gabby's like, hell yeah. So she's already kind of got the attitude. And DLP asks if uh, multiple LL4s might happen to them like it did Ultimate Viking giving us a little taste of like what the producers have in store for them. And Gabby's like, yeah, it's possible, but I'll have more discretion with my words, meaning I'll lie. She understands she doesn't have to be (laughs) honest. And we'll see how that plays out. You know, the producers are going to get both of them to try and do that. Like they have to. And so then DLP asks big Tony, who's out in the audience, uh, what he thinks about all this. And he shakes his head. He's like, I love you, baby. And grandpa John is like, it's crazy, man. Unbelievable. And then DLP calls Gabby a dingbat which I thought was great.
0: <laughs> and grandpa says, I love her. The guys are in for a challenge of their young lives. And Gabby's grandpa gets my sweet nums, sweet nums familial nums. award.
1: Well, then big Tony says, be good. I'm watching. And big Tony gets my <laughs> sweet, <laughs> sweet numbs family <laughs> award. And then DLP gives the final word to our new bachelorettes. And Gabby high fives him. And then Rachel says, I want us both to get our happy endings. And DLP says he speaks for Bachelor Nation when he says there could not be any more better choices or more deserving women to get this opportunity. He twists the knife into the other women that were in talks, that had signed contracts, that had shot promotional packages to be the next Bachelorette, who are now cast aside by producers.
0: Who are you talking about, Clues?
1: I'm not talking about anyone specifically at this moment, but maybe in the future, we will have some more information on that. But rest assured, that's how they do this every season. They have multiple people sign contracts to be the lead, and then they simply don't call many of them back. And that's it. You're just (laughs) fucked. Welcome to The Bachelor. But DLP thanks the studio audience, and he thanks everybody else. And he says, I'm Jesse Palmer. Good night. There is no repeating of DLH's old sign-off for all the live events, which was, for everyone who's been a part of this one, thanks and good night. Here, Palmer gets his own new Dark Lord phrase, and he is full darkness now, I've written in my notes. There is no light coming from within this man. Whoever Jesse Palmer used to be (laughs) is dead, and what sits in that seat now (laughs) is a demon who is only fueled by and can only survive on human suffering. And... Loves the taste of it.
0: Look, I was famously tricked into thinking this finale would be the most shocking bachelor finale of all time. But Jesse Palmer's Descent Into Darkness was one of the most surprising parts of, of this whole finale for me. Like, he just was reveling in it.
1: I just never thought that they were going to find somebody who could Dark Lord like Dark Lord Harrison. And what I'm mm. really becoming aware of here. Is that I think you need somebody who wasn't a player. Or I mean, I know that Palmer was a lead, but he'd been out of the game for a long enough time that it was like fresh to him. Like I don't think Dark Lord Palmer, for example, was necessarily a victim of producers. Or if he was, it was so long ago that it doesn't mean much to him. Whereas I think Caitlin, Tasha
0: he wasn't though. He was a he was a protected lead because they were like, We got a fucking NFL quarterback. They protected him, they gave him a mole best friend. Like, he didn't have any real shit to contend with. I guess Trish's resurrection, but like, not really.
1: And because of that, he doesn't have empathy for the players. Caitlin and Taysha obviously have empathy for the players because they fucking went through it. And they have empathy for the leads because they went through it in a very contemporary era. And so I think it's hard for them to ever be fully on the side of the producers certainly not to revel in when the producers ask you to destroy somebody's life. Dark Lord Palmer, he ain't got that. He's like, these checks are fucking cashing. And I'm the star of the biggest reality show on TV. I'll do whatever the fuck you want. And I'm going to love it.
0: I'm fucking going to Miami, baby. (laughs) I'm just going to Miami.
1: (laughs) Yeah, he's moving to Miami (laughs) for his cocaine parties and whatever else he's going to do down there. But That wraps up this historic season 26 of The Bachelor, starring Clayton Eckert as your lead. We wish him and Susie Evans well in whatever the future may hold for them. And we're excitedly awaiting the conclusion of shooting for Gabby Wendy and Rachel Reckia in what will be season 19 of The Bachelorette. So who was your MVP for this second half of the finals?
0: For her... Play of the game for TRR. Hail Mary for her almost constant tear play, heightening her victimization. I mean, she had tear play on the watch back. She had tear play on the watch back. Rachel Recchia was my... M-M-M-M-V-P.
1: The best player of this second half of the finals, I believe, was Gabby Windy. And I would ordinarily give her my MVP. Mm. However, I can only do what I can do. And there is something, an unseen force, that is so powerful, it is compelling me to give my MVP to someone else. For his first season of service to our beloved game for his full acceptance of the dark powers once wielded by DLH for his terrifying raise of an eyebrow Jesse the Dark Lord Palmer was by M M M M -M V there is something oh so comforting to me <laughs> about having a dark Lord back in that fucking chair that I I feel like finally in these last two episodes the game is back. It's like purely the game now they have their mouthpiece and I didn't realize how much I missed that component of the game until, He finally did this Dark Lord turn and I'm like, oh shit, that's what was missing. That's part of, at least for me, what made these other seasons less enjoyable. The bubble seasons, I mean. Oh my God. So thank you, Dark Lord Palmer. Looking forward to your darkness.
0: (gasps) Poor Gabby. Robbed. (laughs) For all that righteous anger. Couldn't compete with that eyebrow.
1: She got her crown. She wasn't robbed.
0: She got her crown. Yeah, she's fine.
1: But thank you, everyone, for joining us for this entire season, Bachelor season 26. It was a crazy one, top to bottom. We saw, really for the first time ever, a Bachelor just destroyed from frame one, and that never relented. He was always in a fool or villain edit the entire fucking season. They set up situations for him that were there was no way to achieve success. They were Failure was the only option. And somehow out of all of that, he did manage to fall in love with Susie Evans and she is now with him and they're making good TikToks. And it's like, you know, I I truly wish them well and hope that that relationship lasts and that they both have something meaningful out of it because it's the least that they can, they should deserve for having suffered through this entire season.
0: I hope they find happiness and give us the TikTok pizza reviews that I feel like really would heal the nation, you know?
1: Yes. Yes. I agree.
0: And one last piece of business. Some of you were able to purchase our Welcome to the Pit sweatshirt, this beautiful, very detailed design by Ella Tolkien. We are now selling that design in poster form and stickers. So that will be available if you just go to Game of Roses pod Instagram. We will have that link right there.
1: And we have one more thing to mention. We always say the pit provides, and indeed this week it did. We have a... I don't even know how to describe this. I want to say like an explorer. An explorer. An adventurer.
0: A field reporter.
1: Ventured forth from the pit to a field reporter to the live final audience. Her name is Sydney, and the pit helped her get to the live finale by pooling some money together to pay for her plane ticket. This story, I I got it kind of in bits and pieces through some DMS from people that were involved. And it is to me, one of the most heartwarming things that can happen out of the pit. When the pit comes together to say here, go to this event, we will send you the, the powers of the pit. Provide so. Thanks to everybody in the pit who helped Sydney get there, and especially thanks for Sydney. Thanks to Sydney for going to this event. We hope you enjoyed it. We hope that it was a fun time for you, and that you got to see some interesting behind the scenes things.
0: You are my honorary Jorge, 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 Jorge Moreno, bystander of the week. week, 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 week. For your excellent face play in <laughs> the rectangle emotion box. Thank you for your service and your suffering.
1: And you are you are my Jorge Moreno bystander of the pit. So thank you for your suffering Ooh. and for your sacrifice. And before we go, as always, what is that drawbat?
0: It has been 7,298 days without an Asian bachelor